Welcome to the Ascension of the Lord Sunday. Today's date is May 29, 2022. And my name is Pastor John Hardiman with the Quincy Church of the Nazarene. The sermon text I, wish I will be sharing with you today comes from Acts, the chap chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. And I'll be reading through verse 11. Acts 1, reading 1 through 11. It goes as follows. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he has chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or date the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was gone, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The reading of God's word. Bow your heads with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, this is truly a fascinating piece of scripture. And Lord, I love the way it talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. I love the fact that Jesus is very clear. We are not to know the time or the date, but we are to be ready. Jesus is going to come in the same way he left. So, Father, I just ask that as we uh, recognize that you're teaching us this morning, that we would uh, uh, glean truths, nuggets that we can apply to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The Gospel of Luke and the, and the writer of the book of Acts were written by uh, Luke, the doctor. He was like an investigating reporter trying to get to the bottom of the truth about Jesus. In his first book, Luke tells in detail the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The book of Acts speaks of the indisputable fact of Christ's resurrection and the incredible workings of the Holy Spirit. And both books Luke addresses Theophilus. We do not know who he was exactly, 
But listen to Luke's address and the way he talks about him in the beginning of the book of Luke. I'll be reading Luke 1, 1 1-4. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were the the first who were from (laughs) handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seems good also for me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. I want to say amen again. Then, book two, that is Acts. First, first, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of questions about who Theophilus was, or even if he was a person uh, to begin with. But from what I read to you, I believe Theophilus is a real person with an incredible desire for the truth of the things he had heard. He had heard about Jesus. After Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus interacted in person with his followers for 40 days, explaining the things about the kingdom of God. And then verse 3 explains that he gave many convincing proof that he was indeed alive. (laughs) Uh, Jesus had 40 days to explain things about the kingdom of things of the kingdom of God. After the wonderment of Jesus really being alive, and I can imagine people wanting to touch, poke, prod, anything that would prove that he was really there talking, walking, and eating with them. I have trouble imagining anyone being able to move on from that and hearing anything that Jesus had to say until they were convinced that he was really, really alive. (laughs) After the proof was established, I believe Jesus could then teach. The Bible tells us that Jesus had 40 days to spend with his followers. 40 days. It's not a very long time. Can you imagine spending every waking moment being taught and retaught by Jesus? All of what he taught, we do not know. Scripture does share that they were to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit to come. Calling the Holy Spirit a gift it's it's very fitting in my opinion. A gift to be treasured and not to be taken for granted. During the Last Supper, Jesus spoke of this time like this, and I'm going to refer to John chapter 14, verse 13, uh, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The word cannot accept the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you <laughs> those are beautiful words the precious gift is to be with us forever it is called the spirit of truth that lives with us and is inside us 
Jesus explains that this is a new kind of baptism. Remember, John baptized with water, but Jesus' disciples would be disciples would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. John's baptism was an outward sign of repentance and a determination to live as God wanted them to. But I want you to hear this. It was an outward sign. Water baptism is a great start, but to be effective and to be successful in negotiating life as a Christ follower, one needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because of this gift, we are not left here on earth as orphans, but with Jesus' guiding presence showing us the way. We don't hear many sermons from the Old Testament talking about this prophecy that shares of a time when God would anoint his people with this purifying anointing fire. The imagery of the prophet Isaiah is beautiful as he compares pre-Holy Spirit to being spirit-filled. I, I, I love the imagery. Isaiah 32, 15. Till the Spirit is poured out on us from on high, and the desert becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field seems like a forest. <laughs> I love the testimony of a dear friend in Colorado who exclaimed, I lived in the desert too long. I need Jesus. <laughs> you know what Isaiah is talking about, right? He was explaining what life is like with Christ's spirit inside us. It is like a desert being refreshed, given a new life. Desert life is extreme, too hot, too cold, too dry, or flash flooding. Vegetation is limited and what does grow is almost worthless. That pretty much describes life without God, doesn't it? Without Jesus or his precious spirit inside us. All that compared to the futility of the spirit-filled life. Isaiah uh, speaks of the guidance, being guided by the spirit as well. Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. As Jesus was explaining that they needed to wait, those around him wondered out loud, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? If Jesus was to take a show of hands who thought God was going to restore the kingdom back to Israel at that time, everyone's hand would go up. The Jews of Jesus' day anticipated a literal coming of the Messiah's earthly kingdom like they enjoyed under King David's rule. After Jesus' resurrection from the dead, after Jesus' incredible victory over their greatest fear, death, the disciples felt like Jesus' time was now to usher in his kingdom on earth. That's why they asked, are you going to free Israel now and restore all our kingdom? Acts 1-7, Jesus said to this, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. We get that, don't we? No one knows what day or what time when Jesus will come again. 
or when the new kingdom will be ushered in. Only God knows. But Jesus does say, but you will recite, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. These are the last recorded words of Jesus while on earth. He was instructing his followers to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Then they were to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Likewise, we are to be spirit-filled and then be witnesses for Jesus right here, right where we are at this moment, right now. First for in our immediate sphere, then our block, our side of the tracks, then to the other side of the tracks, then our town, our country, our state, to the very ends of the earth. This is God's instructions for us today. That is Jesus's commission for us today. And verses 9 through 11 tells of Jesus's ascension. After Jesus had finished speaking to his disciples, he started rising on the air right in front of them. As they were gawking upward, Jesus disappeared in the clouds. If you can picture with me a group of men gazing upward, to complete the scene, they all have their mouths hanging open and kind of a dumb look. When two men show up out of the blue offering these words, <laughs> Dudes, what are you doing? <laughs> Verse 11, Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who had, who had been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into, go into heaven. This same Jesus who has gone up into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Everything we know about the future comes from the Bible. As we watch our world decay and our fellow humans destroy one another, know that the Bible has already predicted it. Christ followers, we may be saddened as we observe the reckless way God's creation is abused, but we are to be a people of hope because we do know the future. We are still to fight for the right and, to, and for God's righteousness as we continue to keep our eyes on Jesus. He will come again, coming from heaven like he was taken up. In the Nazarene's last hymnal, there was a song I liked, but they removed it from our current songbook for whatever reason. Listen, I share as I share with you the words James Kirk as he envisioned Christ's return. It goes as follows. I'm watching for the coming of the glad millennial day when our blessed Lord shall come and catch his bride away. Oh, my heart is filled with rapture as I labor, watch and pray for our Lord is coming back to earth again. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan shall be bound a thousand years. We'll have no tempter then. 
after Jesus shall come back to earth again. Jesus' coming back will be the answer to earth's sorrowing cry. For the knowledge of the Lord shall fill the earth and sea and sky. God shall take away all sickness and the suffering tears will dry when our Savior comes back to earth again. Yes, the ransom of the Lord shall come to Zion then with joy. And in, and in all his holy mountain, nothing hurts or shall destroy. Perfect peace shall reign in every heart and love without alloy. And Jesus shall come back to earth again. Then the sin and sorrow, pain and death of the dark of this world shall cease. In a glorious reign with Jesus for a thousand years of peace. All the earth is groaning, crying for that day of sweet release. For our Jesus shall come back to earth again. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan shall be bound a thousand years. We'll have no tempter then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Family Father, Lord, may we be a people of hope, anticipating what you're going to do next. May we not grow tired or weary of doing good, but may we just uh, pull up our bootstraps and, and move forward, seeking right in this world, determined to demonstrate God's righteousness in our world around us. May we may it be so and may we be encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Until we meet again, may God richly bless you. Bye.